Welcome to Under the Hood Podcast. In this podcast, we pop the hood and give you an inside look at the hows and whys of our ministry here at Cornerstone Church. I'm Michael Nave, your host. It is good to have you join us today. Uh, Parker, as always, is off mic doing production. And for this episode, it's just me. But it just might be my very favorite subject to talk about. So in this episode, I'm going to pop the hood and give you an inside look on what we've been working on. Like these last three weekends at Cornerstone, we've been taking inventories. And you might have been thinking, where did all of this come from? And where is it going? So here's the deal. It is not a new thing. Actually, I'd say it's our thing. Like when we say, help people follow Jesus, when we say, God welcomes us just as we are and loves us too much to leave us there, when we say, up and to the right, long obedience in the same direction, become the person God created you to be, do what God has called you to do. In the church world, we call that discipleship, and, and we should. Because Jesus said, come follow me. And those were his disciples. So this whole thing of discipleship, spiritual maturity, spiritual growth has been my passion for 17 years. It goes all the way back, as I've said before, to 2005 when I was a pastor in rural Indiana. And I recognized that what I was doing every week didn't look like what Jesus did every week. It was actually that year I was reading through the Gospels and just kind of reflecting on what Jesus did, and I was crushed. I was crushed by this realization that I wasn't doing much of what Jesus consistently did. And I got to kind of looking at our church calendar, you know, the Sunday school and Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. And in that more traditional church setting, I realized these pieces are not working together to help people have a deeper relationship to Jesus. And so we moved to Arizona to work with a church plant and just passionately seeking to answer that question of like, how do we line everything? How do we put in place? How do we align our ministry so that they really help people grow? And and then I even did my doctoral research project measuring the impact of mission intensives, think mission trips, on spiritual development. We even took a cornerstone group to Birmingham back in 2008 as part of that project. And the real, the real truth of it is I became the lead pastor of Cornerstone with the following commission, close the back door. And so for, for 17 years, this has been my passion. For 17 years, it's been my project. For 17 years, we've been looking at how, how do we make disciples? How do, how do we engage people in strategies and ministries to form them more to be like Jesus? And here's Here's what I found. When you look across the landscape of how churches, how organizations, uh, how ministries do that, there there are generally three approaches. Uh, Some people take the intensive approach, like short-term, 12 months, three years, uh, with with this intentional all-in strategy of making the disciples. And my, that's kind of what it was like to be a follower of Jesus back in the day. Other 
ministries and organizations approach disciple-making more as information. Like think the old discipleship training hour or learn these five purposes. And and hey, there's a lot of good in that. Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to obey my commandments. So information is important, even essential. And then other groups kind of go at it more like it's a, a conversation, uh, mentoring, small groups, uh, weekly meetings for coffee, even accountability groups. Uh, some of my favorite passages in Scripture point to how Jesus had those incredible conversations with people. And so in each of those three, there's great biblical precedent, and there's great purpose in all of those. But each of them have their weaknesses. Uh, in an intensive, the weakness is we're not done being made into a disciple when the intensive is over, whether that's three months or 36 months. With information, uh, the Great Commission is clear. We teach people to observe the commandments not just know the commandments. And then these conversations, mentoring, coaching, small groups, all of that kind of stuff, that, that is absolutely wonderful. But if we leave it to primarily a relationship, it it kind of slides into personal preferences, what, what the leader wants to talk about, uh, and hey, let's drink coffee and talk about life. And so it loses a comprehensive approach to what are the aspects of following Jesus. And so when we put all those together, here's here's what we've discovered at Cornerstone. When we make disciples, we make disciples in an approach that is to spirit-given fruitfulness, we call them vitals, uh, through spirit-guided practices and accelerated in micro-communities. Now, let me, let me walk through all of that. So that, that sounds like a lot, and it kind, of, it kind of is. So when I say two-spirit-given fruitfulness, these vitals, what, what I'm saying is that to become a disciple of Jesus is a work of the Spirit. If we are not careful, we start approaching discipleship as check a box. Well, I did that, and I learned that, and I am doing these things. If we're not careful, we immediately forget that becoming a follower of Jesus, this spiritual maturity thing, more and more looking like Jesus has to be a work of the Spirit in you. So with that, we've not publicly released it, but we have created a spiritual vitals inventory. And and what we have done over the last several months is built an inventory to help people, followers of Jesus, keep their focus on the work of the Spirit in their lives. Think Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And in that, we've also created a way that you can actually invite friends to answer those questions for you. So yes, we've been doing these practices inventories during the weekend services, and so these go after the fruit of the Spirit in your life. So number one, to Spirit-given fruitfulness. If, If we're really going to focus in on God making us more like Jesus, we have to realize that it's God making us more like Jesus. Uh, Number two, through spirit-guided disciplines. So when we go to Galatians 5, probably the clearest representation of spiritual transformation, flesh versus the spirit of God in us, we find that there is the list of the fruit of the spirit, but there is not ever anywhere a work harder. So when you discover that you're not patient, the 
call to action is not try harder to be patient. When you discover that you are lacking in goodness, think making right moral decisions. Um, the Bible does not say you should be ashamed of your lacking goodness and get your act together. Instead, the call to action is walk in the Spirit. Position your life around the work of the Spirit. Orient your life in such a way that the Spirit of God will transform you. So for a couple thousand years, Christians have found certain practices to be extremely helpful in that. We commonly call those spiritual disciplines. There are great books like Richard Foster's Celebration of Disciplines that goes all the way back to my seminary days, or more recently, Donald Whitney's Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. And we're going to put some, some links in the show notes so you can check out resources that would talk about these practices that position us in such a way that the Spirit of God changes us. Now, there, there are many historical spiritual disciplines, at least 20, like prayer, fasting, solitude, meditation, worship, community, Sabbath. Like there, there, There's a whole, whole list. Never in the Bible are we given an exhaustive list, and then some of them overlap. You know, think about Scripture. You have Bible reading, Bible study, meditation, memorization. And so what we have done is we've looked across the landscape and chosen nine and if you've been around the last few weekends, you've seen us orienting those up, out, in. By up, we mean worship, read, pray, out, serve, connect, invite, in, reflect, guard, grow. These nine in three categories beautifully follow the great commandments of love God so we love people as we love ourselves. And again, we, we don't claim those to be exhaustive. We don't <laughs> claim to have some sort of right or, or copyright on the choice of those nine. Instead, we have simply said, hey, these nine really take a comprehensive approach to the, the important pieces of practices that position us to see the Spirit of God transform us. So we have the vitals reminding us that your spiritual growth is a work of the Spirit, and the moment we move away from that, we're checking boxes. Practices, those are the disciplines in which we position our lives to be transformed by the Spirit. And these can be check the boxes. Did you read the Bible this week? Have you worshiped publicly and, and privately? These can be check the box kind of stuff because you've said, hey, these are the things I do to position myself to be transformed by the Spirit. And then the last one, accelerated in micro community. Community is, is one of the nine essentials has to be there. You're not going to be who God created you to be and do who God do what God has called you to do. If you're not in community, it won't work. Community is essential and micro community is an accelerant. Way back at Cornerstone, we launched a micro community called Verge, and many of our people have found it to be one of the most catalytic spiritual experiences in their lives personally. The impact of participating in a verge is remarkable. My consistency in the practices of scripture reading and healthy boundaries in my life are remarkably better when I'm in a verge. And this year, with help, shout out to Jordan Adkins, I came to realize that though we had given little attention to Verge over like the last five years, the ministry continues. And as we began to put all of these pieces together of recognizing spirit-given fruitfulness and spirit-guided practices, I came to realize that 
what Verge provides us is this accelerant. When we engage in these practices and orient our lives, allowing the Spirit of God to transform us, we accelerate the process when we engage in micro-community. So a verge is when you have two or three other people of the same sex who fully invite you into their spiritual journey. Nothing hidden, nothing held back, all in. You talk about accelerating your spiritual growth, jump in a verge. So here's what we're up to. The inventories you've gotten a taste of recently, we hired a a company called uh, Growing Healthy Leaders, um, excuse me, Healthy Growing Leaders, to help us develop those inventories in a way that that they're actually accurate. So we're not just guessing. Do these statements help people uh, accurately define their reality? And then secondly, we're working toward building an app that will have in one platform a way you can track your practices, share it in community so that you have oriented your life to see the Spirit of God transformed you. So that's that's what's going on. That's a kind of a pop the hood, look under there and see what is going on at Cornerstone. Uh, it's been a process for me. It's been about 17 years. Uh, it's really been developing in the last year. And as you can tell, I get a little fired up talking about helping people experience spiritual growth and victory. If, if you want in or you want to pace a little faster, uh, please email me. I, I'd love to talk to you about that. There are opportunities for you to jump in and, and take more steps in that. If you're already along for the ride, uh, thank you for helping us to define these and develop these and make them even better. As I look up ahead, I'm so excited about what God is doing in us, what God is preparing through us, and what we will have a really special opportunity to share it with others. It's a privilege to have you on the journey with me.